This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you could learn to work and play, and get along with each other. Welcome everybody to Wednesday World Games episode 36. Joining me as always is Liam Jones. Liam, tell me about PlayStation 5. Well, you see, PlayStation 5 is the latest console from Sony Interactive. Or Sony Entertainment? Yes. What are they? Sony Interactive Entertainment, I believe. I think they use both. S-I-E. Garrett, the PlayStation 5, officially abbreviated as PS5, is an un- upcoming home video game console developed by Sony Interactive Entertainment, announced in 2019 as the successor to the PlayStation 4. It is scheduled to launch in late 2020. The platform is anticipated to launch in two varieties, as a base PlayStation 5 system incorporating a Blu-ray-compatible optical disc drive for retail game support alongside digital distribution via the PlayStation Store, and a lower-cost digital variant lacking the disc drive while retaining digital download support. Whoa! The PlayStation 5 retains the same AMD brand (laughs) CPU family as the PlayStation 4, but features a customized solid-state drive designed for high-speed data streaming to enable significant improvements in graphical performance. The hardware also features a custom AMD uh, GPU GPU, compatible of ray tracing, support for 4K uh, resolution, displays in high frame rates, new audio hardware for real-time 3D audio effects, and backwards compatibility with most PlayStation 4 and PlayStation VR games. Whoa! The first news of the PlayStation 5 came from lead architect <laughs> Matt Kearney in an interview with Wired Magazine in April of 2019. In early 2019, Sony's financial report for the quarter, ending March 31st, 2019, affirmed the new next-gen hardware was in development would ship no earlier than April 2020. In a second Wired Magazine interview in October of 2019, Sony said it intends to ship the next-generation console worldwide by the end of 2020. The current hardware specifications were released in October 2019 at CES 2020. Sony unveiled the official logo for the platform, which follows the similar, minimalist style of the previous PlayStation consoles and brand. Full specifications were given in an online presentation by Kearney and published by Sony and Digital Foundry on March 18th, 2020. Digital Foundry spoke with Kearney in detail and published a deep dive on April 2nd. A major game library showcase for PlayStation 5 has been planned for June 4th, 2020, but was postponed until June 11th in light of events due to George Floyd protests. The presentation also premiered the external design of the PlayStation 5. Then that's that's everyone caught up, I guess. The PlayStation 5 uses AMD 7... No! <laughs> Did you enjoy that presentation last week? Um, yeah, it was pretty good. Are you excited for Resident Evil Village? Uh, the worst kept secret in Capcom. Well, Capcom never keeps their secret. Well, like in fairness, the, the fact that a Resident Evil game is in development at all times is hard to keep a secret. Mm. What were your highlights? Give me your three highlights from the PlayStation reveal well if you would like my five highlights from the place now i want three of them go to youtube.com slash garrett kidney that's for people who want five i want three (laughs) what did you not watch the video it doesn't keep up with my content give give me the three give me the three uh i think ratchet and clank rift apart is like the most next gen looking game out of the lot Mm. well it's one of the few real games that were shown and not just cg trailers it does help that they showed like a little gameplay snippet, so it's like, oh look, them jumping through portals looks fancy and new and next gen, whereas everything else is just a CG trailer. Our Demon's Souls is cool, mm-hmm. and Horizon Forbidden West, 
or Zero Two, or Dawn Two, or One, or Horizon Two Dawn, Horizon One Dawn. Yes, Horizon First Dawn. That would actually have a better name. My three favorite moments mm-hmm. were de- I like Demon Souls, I like the Resident mm-hmm. Evil review, and um, the Spider Man because I didn't expect the Spider Man. Oh uh, yeah, well it's, it's still only gonna, it's going to be like a small game though. Yeah, but still, I didn't expect it. Still going to be a small game. Wow, Upset. get owned, fucking idiots. Yeah, make a full game. Don't make a mini game. Yeah, how dare you make a non-sequel, non-expansion, <laughs> non-standalone. Like 10-hour standalone game that they'll probably still charge $60 for, and it's the only good thing that's going to be there at launch, and it'll be over in like 15 minutes, and then your PS5 will be sitting there taking up half the room it's in because it's absolutely gigantic. Yeah, I'm so like excited $700. for it. $700. I'm going to love it. It's so big. It's like it's so big. Yeah. I want I want a console the size of my fridge. That's the goal. Assuming the display model that they showed on the thing was to scale, the people have used the disk drives and the USB ports to basically do a size comparison and work out how big the damn thing is, and it's gigantic. Hell yeah. I want it. Well, I, I don't mind how it looks, except have you seen the photo of it lying on its side? Yeah, it does look weird, but I'm glad that it does, because when I was looking at the sun, I was like, how does this thing lie on its side? Yeah, when I saw the picture of it, like, I think it, I, I don't love it, I don't hate it, I think it's fine, it's a console, who cares? But it lying on its side, it looks like an absolute monstrosity. <laughs> I would like to see an all black matte finish version of it, then the dual colouring. I'll probably get the launch version, but you know, like, the Spider-Man edition's gonna be much cooler. If they do a Spider-Man edition... Well, maybe not for Miles Morales, but the eventual Spider-Man 2, I'd imagine mm. they'll do a Spider-Man edition. Garrett, isn't The Last of Us 2 out now? Uh, in your lower land, in your part of the world, it is out now. I haven't played That's Last of crazy. Us 1, though, so... I haven't played Last of Us 1 either. I'm going to wait until PS5 and then play both. I think I played, like, two or three hours of Last of Us 1, and it was scary, and I ran away. I don't think it's that scary of a game, is it? It has zombies, and they creep up on you, and they're like, ah, and you have to shoot them, Liam. It's it's inherently scary. Zombies are scary things. One of, like, the few people in the world who still finds zombies scary. Uh, well, Liam, if a, if a zombie actually showed up in front of you right now, would you be like, ha you're from the TV show? Yeah, I would. be like, this is Walking Dead star, the zombie. You'd be, you'd be cracking jokes? No, they're walkers in The Walking Dead. Oh, The Walking... Do you want to talk about The Walking Dead? What's your favourite uh, Walking want- Dead season? I watched, I think I watched like six seasons of it before I think like the rest of the world. I'm like, this is stupid. Just end. And it's, it's still going. So yeah, the first, the first season was real good. I think the first like three or four seasons are real good. And then Mm. it it does just like, it just keeps going. It just, and every season is the same. It's like, is this the cure to the zombie? Is this the safe place we can stay forever? Guess what? It never is. And then some drama goes down, some people die, and they repeat the same thing next year. And you're just like, I don't know, I don't care anymore. Just You've long passed, uh, passed uh, the point where I even remotely care about any of these characters or anything that's happening on this television show. And it's still going. How is it still going? Well, I don't think they've even gotten to the end of the comic book shit. Uh, I wish they'd end their show, though. Ah, uh, get owned. I think they're on their last season, aren't they? I feel like it was re- like... It came out, oh, we're on the last season of The Walking Dead, like, 12 times. Because, like, even Rick has left now, and they're apparently doing some spin-off films with him. 
And, like, what's the point? What are we doing here? Just end the show. Just end it. I remember how much of a cultural, like, tentpole that was for a while. Oh, yeah, it was right up there with Game of Thrones. It was the biggest show on freaking cable TV. It might still be the biggest show on cable TV. It still, it still does okay numbers, but certainly not the, like, 10 million it used to do. But, yeah, it was huge and pervasive and one of the most important pieces of culture, like, 10 years ago. <laughs> or, well, not 10. It's only nine seasons in, I think. I think it's nine. So, let's say eight years ago, it was huge. Is this what, like, not nostalgia, but is this what just getting old is? Just remembering what things were super popular? Yes. It's like, oh, man, remember Breaking Bad? It's it's like when young people are like, remember something from five years ago. And because they're young, like five years seems like a long time ago. But I'm like, five years is like two seconds ago. What are you talking about? Mm. What's well, like a good example of that? The, the fact that Diamond and Pearl is in the, the nostalgia mix for Pokemon. That came out in like, like no. 2009, to be fair. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's like, if it's over a decade, you can go remember when. No. I reject people younger than me's nostalgia, Liam. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> They're not allowed to have it. What, are the, what do you think the remake of it's going to be called? Uh, Super Diamond and, and Mega Pearl. <laughs> I hope they do the Platinum remake. Platinum's a better game. Uh, well, they'd have to do the two versions, though. So they're going to do Diamond and Pearl. They should do Big Platinum and have an AEW tie-in. And Little Platinum. <laughs> Which is the women's title? <laughs> Wow. Yeah, well, Liam. literally, like literally it is a smaller belt. <laughs> Classic sexism, Liam. Yeah. Well, how about we move on like Abaddon <laughs> to AEW. Wonderful. Every week we talk about AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT. Last week AEW won, so this week we shall talk about All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Liam, it opened with the World Tag Team title match. Did you enjoy the World Tag Team title match? This match. Made it to the spreadsheet, baby. You went four? Four stars. Wow. Yeah. And not only did this match make it to the spreadsheet, with this match, a big moment happened on the spreadsheet, Garrett. Via the math, which is how I calculate wrestler of the year, my number one wrestler is firmly Kenny Omega. My number two is now Hangman Page. Whoa! Mm. So not only at that point, like shoe in for tag team of the year. If the two best wrestlers of the year are two people in a tag team, well, I think Kenny in particular is just like he's so far ahead of everybody else in the rest of the year stakes. It's not even funny. Mm. But the fact that he most of those matches have been teaming with Hangman Page does help Hangman Page a lot. Hangman Page is now one point ahead of Will Ospreay for third place, and Will Ospreay hasn't wrestled in like three months, so that's actually quite impressive. Mm. We'll see how Osprey... Can Osprey bounce back? Well, he's not on any of these New Japan tours, is he? So he's still not going to wrestle for another while. And Hangman will have the advantage because he'll probably have another four-star match with the best friends. Uh, Yeah. And then he'll keep having four-star matches as tag champs. And then eventually they'll have four-star matches against the Revival and against the Young Bucks again, probably, because why not? And bring back the Lucha Bros, do that too. Oh, no, they already did the Lucha Bros, and that match was great. Then they'll they'll have a five-star singles breakup match. And then Kenny will have an amazing match with Dustin Rhodes, because you know that's going to happen at some stage. It's such a weird match. It is. And it's again, it's one of those matches that you're just like, yes, this is the kind of thing I want from AEW. You know what's funny? Like, watching this stag match, the two people that stood out to me were Hangman and QT Marshall. <laughs> he ruled in this match. He was very good. I, like, I, I didn't quite love this match as much as you did. I thought it was a very good match that peaked a little early. And then the last two minutes of it were kind of meandering. I did so think the I, finish I, was a little... You know what I mean? 
Yeah, it, it felt a little flat because they, they peaked with that big QT comeback and he did his dives and everyone was running wild. And then they just, then Ali came out. I think when Ali came out, it just kind of meandered to an end then. Well, but everything up until that, I thought was tremendous. I just think like, because they did the thing where they hit a big tag move, QT kicks out for one last breath and they hit the last goal and that was it. I think you could have mm. just ended it with like a B tag team finish. Yeah, it's QT Marshall. You, could, you, don't, you don't need the big one for him. Yeah, just put over the B tag finish. And then so like... Hangman had to run back in, so there was like a little 20-second time delay between the two moves, and I thought that kind of like, ah, oh, okay, now it ends. I also thought, there's a way better story to have he had with having Ali not come out, because then she could be like, well, every time I'm out there, they win. And I didn't come out yeah. there, and they lost. So, Brandy, maybe you're a shit manager. <laughs> but it's like... They should do that. I do love... I like the idea of uh, Ali throwing shade at Brandy. I think so... I kind of love all of them together. I want it all to work out. <laughs> I just want them all to like suddenly start like working together and teaming well. And I want Ali to just join. Ali and Brandy become best of friends. Ali appears on sh- a shot of Brandy and they bond. <laughs> when Ali and, and like Ali came out and Brandy was like going to tell her to fuck off, but then like they both started cheering QT together and I was like, "Yeah! <laughs> come on!" <laughs> Uh, you, you want the wholesome nightmare family, not the um, the, the divided nightmare family. Yeah, I want the nightmare, dr- the dr- dream family. <laughs> they should actually do that. They should do. They should be the dream family when they're baby faces, and the nightmare family when they're heels. Mm. Kenny and Hangman retained. Good, uh, very good match. I enjoyed this match a lot. As I, I did have another nitpick that uh, only Kenny got an entrance, which I'm I'm fine if you want to start with the guys in the ring. But give everybody an entrance or give nobody an or entrance. Or just give the tag champs an entrance, at least. But no, then I'd be like, then you're kind of burying the natural nightmares. It's like, I'm fine if they're all in the ring to start, because then you're treating them as equals. Mm. But the fact that the, the the only one got, only the star got the entrance. Uh, so everybody an entrance or nobody an entrance. You can't do one guy getting an entrance. It's like, whenever AEW opens with everyone in the ring, I always get a little more excited because I'm like, oh, it's going to be a packed episode. <laughs> <laughs> that they had to trim the, the two minutes off the opening match entrances. Yeah, there. like because like they've kind of trained me in that way now. Because like they did that with like the Bucks and the Lucha Bros in one of the episodes, and I was like, oh shit! And then that was a really good episode of Dynamite. So now I'm just like every time they open up with people in the ring, I'm like, yeah, let's go. And you get fired up for all the action immediately. You don't have to watch Hangman Page make his entrance to his great entrance music. <laughs> We got a video on Anna Jay, who was like, I like to entertain people. Woo! Then Abaddon killed her. Hell, this ruled. <laughs> I was watching, like, the Abaddon entrance, and I was like, oh, that's weird. They're giving, like, a really detailed entrance to someone who isn't signed. <laughs> then she killed her. I was like, oh. <laughs> I guess. I was like, man, Jim Ross is putting over this random job at, like... <laughs> Jim Ross was terrified of this woman. He was very upset. To be fair, out of all of the, like... Like, there's a lot of women who do, like, the creepy gimmicks when they all have, like, the kind of same makeup. Like, mm. Abaddon's is far and away the most terrifying. J.R. was, and Britt Baker was upset. She was saying she needs to find Jesus. <laughs> Via her note system, sent to Tony Schiavone. That ruled, and the best part about that is, like, you know some random person had to set up that bit. Like, they pitched, like, yeah. hey, we need a pulley system so Britt can communicate with Tony. <laughs> So someone, so, some engineer or some backstage person at Dynamite spent all day uh, at the, that taping setting up a weird pulley system that's just long enough to send notes to Tony Schiavone. I hope it was the same person who had to get the Kenny poker chips like a day before Double or Nothing. For the longest time, I've had this idea for wrestling that like 
you should find the 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 most impressive looking body guy you can find like the big the, the ward low but bad uh, like that Brian big Cage. jacked guy and spend and spend four weeks building them up and you're like this person is the blue chip athlete you know do all the things you do to build up a debut then you have them debut and then the person you're actually pushing is just their opponent and then they kill them <laughs> so like the, the subversion of expectations and that's what they didn't quite go all the way on that there because they only like they built it up for a week Anna J had one uh, problem and then she got beaten but uh, it is it is ba- the basic idea of that idea I had and I'm sad that someone did it in a, a less long form way but I'm glad someone did it at least in some I was gonna say the only time I can think of that happening was Juice and Baron Corbin where like they did like four or five weeks of Juice coming out and like doing his new like picketing gimmick and then on TakeOver he debuted and got squashed in 10 seconds by Baron Corbin but then you're doing it for a bad wrestler you see I'd do it the other way around you see Baron Corbin would be the perfect person to do it with if you're having him debut it's like look at this big guy he's everything a wrestler should be and then you have like Brian Danielson debut to kill him or whoever the modern equivalent of Brian Danielson is Trevor Lee I don't know that rule yeah and um I have the one thing I'm enjoying about AEW's women division is like I don't recognize any of these people (laughs) You're not you're not a big Anna J fan. You don't know all the. But in fairness, if you watch AEW, you've probably seen like half of the matches Anna J has ever had. No, yeah, but you know, like I didn't. I've never heard of an Abaddon before her last like dark match. And I've never heard of her even considering the dark match. Ah, wow, big fake AEW fan over here. Listen, dark was eleven matches this week, Liam. And eleven they all matches. I will have to go back and watch Lee Johnson. Mm. He's against Glove Guy. And not in the main event, too. Some bullshit. After the match, the Dark Order made an offer to Cole Cabana before just carrying Anna Jay out. It wasn't an offer. They offered him a contract. Which is an yeah, offer, that's, so that, fuck that, that, me, that I guess. That is an offer. I literally used the word <laughs> yeah. offer in the sentence. I thought you meant more of, like, the traditional Dark Order offer. Like... No, they, they they want to pay Colt. They they recognize the Colt is above the the nerd mask level. They just want. I guess they want him as like a, a paid vigilante. Did you see his promo? Uh, Colt. Yeah. From what? Um, it was on AW Digital. No, I didn't. He cut a really good promo where he's like, "Yeah, like last week they caught me going in talking to Mr. Brody Lee, but I was I've talked I talked to everyone. I talked to Trent. I talked to Wardlow." Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, that's what wrestlers do. We go and we talk to other wrestlers when we're in a slump. It wasn't just me going to the Dark Order. Like, I'm not joining. Like, but he, And then he basically went on to elaborate. Like, The contract was for the tag match next week. And I'm like, of course I'm going to take that. I'm going to be on Dynamite. Why would I ever say no to being on Dynamite? So it's a good promo and you should check it out. Colt's been really good. Do you think he's going to join the Dark Order, Liam? No, because his straight edge savior will save him... CM Punk, baby. <laughs> Big Phil. Abandoning backstage to fight the Dark Order. <laughs> I think legally he God. can do both. <laughs> he could do both. But yeah, Abaddon. Abaddon looked great. I don't think she should use that step up Hurricane Runner as her finish, though. It's too flashy for the gimmick. What? So she should do a, a punch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a punch. I also I had a similar problem with the tweet that uh, AEW sent out. It's like "Welcome to the family, Abaddon." It's like look at her. They used a cool font. Still, it's like you should be welcoming Abaddon to the family. She's terrifying. But to change the copy of those tweets, customize them to the wrestlers. I gotta admit, I am kind of excited to get some new signings, which will probably mostly people on Dark. So hell yeah for me. 
But you say that as if like AEW hasn't debuted Matt Hardy and Brody Lee and yeah, but I don't want WWE debuts. I want some like original guys in there too. Well, you got two of them on this show, so what more do you want? I was literally giving them praise for it, <laughs> and you're like, "All right, what are you doing, Billy Gunn?" Uh, just Billy. Just Billy, indeed. Billy is a gigantic human being. Mm. And like, you don't realize how... Like, if you went, go back and watch, like, WWF 1998, I don't think you're like, look how big Billy Gunn he's is. Like Why is this man huge? <laughs> but yeah, compared to, like, everybody now, he's absolutely humongous. Completely. You shouldn't put him in the same ring with Wardlow, by the way, because he's bigger than Wardlow. Unless Wardlow just murders him. Still, you probably shouldn't... No, Wardlow's the big guy. Don't make Wardlow not look like the big guy. This is war... And um, Billy's second son came out that you didn't believe existed. Yes, Colton. Colton Gunn. Good name for a person with the last name Gunn. It, it's not bad, I guess. <laughs> Colton Gunn. It's is, better than Austin I Gunn. like Colton Gunn more than Austin already, just based on name. Just based on name. He should team with Cole Cabana and they should be the Colton Guns. Colt 45. <laughs> MJF beat Billy. The match was fine. I actually, it's funny, like, I didn't like like this match, but I liked this match. Alright, explain. Gentleman's 2? Gentleman's 2? Like, perfectly acceptable wrestling, as it would be said in Extreme Wrestling Revenge. Warfare Revenge. Warfare Revenge, yes. Yeah. I play real booking simulators, so... Oh, wow. <laughs> Not like the same person has made all of them for the last 22 years. Yeah, I play real ones. <laughs> MJF won with his ring, then there was a big brawl with the Jurassic Express at ringside. So there you go. Yeah, I was like, God damn, when will this Jurassic Express MJF feud end? I think AEW has that kind of problem in general. A lot of this stuff feels still kind of stuck in a holding pattern, but also not stuck in a holding pattern. So it's, it kind of exists in a weird middle ground. Mm. I think probably that has something to do with the extenuating circumstances of it all. And like uh, they, they did accept, I think, after the first few, after those first Atlanta tapings, that you cannot like just stall anymore. Well, those first few tapings were literally just like, cl- like classic studio wrestling, just squash, 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 squash. One good match with one twenty-minute Kenny Omega match against Sammy Guevara or Trent, which, to be fair, isn't a bad system. You just need a bit more oomph behind it, or a twenty-minute uh, Kenny Omega match against Alan Angels, or a t- twenty-minute Cody match. Speaking of Cody. Ah, I see how I did that. I'm very good. Uh, oh no, we have a uh, hijacking of trucks first. <laughs> Where are two... Brittany. Brittany, there we go, that works. <laughs> That's what she said. She said, because where are two... Do- you need this, it's Ste- the, the, the line is Stephanie, so you need you need the, the like the, the correct number of syllables. So if you said, where are two, Brittany, yeah. that would have worked. Rules. Uh, yes, I enjoy Britt Baker. She is humorous. Yep. And being kidnapped. Yeah. Cody defended the TNT title against Ricky Starks. Wow, who could have seen who this could have been? I thought this was alright. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> it was decent. I thought Starks looked very nervous, both in his promo and in his match. Uh, which probably doesn't help that his character is this like big, like cocky, super self-assured guy, and then he looks super nervous with everything he does with Cody. I was just going to say... um, I think having if because I hope they keep doing these open challenge gimmicks with people outside of AW because it's more interesting and you don't have to beat someone on your roster. But for the people that you do do it with, they need to have that like opening introduction video every time because that was like real cool. I really like that. 
Don't just have them come out. Because, like, there's a good chance if this was in front of a crowd, most of that crowd wouldn't have known Ricky Starks. You mean they don't watch NWA Power? They're not one of the 120,000 people <laughs> that watch NWA Power. I think having, like, a little introduction video every time will be really cool. And then one day, when it's Marty Scroll that answers it, and he does, like, the... that was me opening an umbrella. <laughs> and then, like, it says Villain Enterprises, and the crowd will go apeshit. What if it's Zack Ryder answering it? Well, I think that'll happen too. Woo, woo, woo. But I think Marty is what you should do. Here, yeah, wanna, I didn't think this was... Do you a... want a, a prediction? Uh, for who beats him or just who answers the open challenge? No, who beats him? I think I think MJF beats him. No, you're wrong. You know who it's going to be? All right. It's going to be Marty Skull, and it's going to be the first week that they're back with people. Whoop whoop, and that's gonna go whoop whoop, and the crowd's gonna go whoop whoop, and then he's gonna go fifteen minutes over his time. <laughs> They'll be mad at him again and kick him out. Yeah, but yeah, good it's match. Be, and uh... Starks, I think he—I was gonna say—he looks TV ready, and I was gonna be like, Haha, but that was Pepper Parks thing, not him. He does look TV ready though. I think physically he looks TV. I didn't think in this match. Oh he looks no, TV I don't care. But who cares about in ring stuff? I'm like purely the aesthetic of Ricky Starks. He looks like a TV product, and he'll be great on Dark when he wrestles like Joey Janela or something. Because like the finish of this match was they tried to do like the Malenko Guerrero pin exchanges, and all of them looked bad. There was a couple real clumsy ones in there, and then they just went straight to the crossroads for the finish. And yeah, like I didn't think this was like an awful match or anything, no. but it's not like the um the the match you'd want that makes you look at Ricky Starks and go, oh yeah, that's a guy. You know, I thought it was just a fine TV match. But you know what? It wasn't goddamn twenty five minutes. So, in in the in the AEW ethos, I will take an eight minute kind of sloppy match over twenty five minutes. On the topic of unnecessarily long matches, the Young Bucks defeated the Super Bad. Why? Why does Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc get so much time on television? See, uh, I don't understand it. On this review that we're reading at uh-huh. ProWrestling.net. It says that it went 15 minutes, and that must be incorrect because it went 45 minutes. Because, like, they did, like, the, the the heat segment, and then Nick Jackson did a really good comeback, and then you're like, all right, bing, bang, boop, couple of near falls, mm. couple bit of razzle-dazzle, go home, two minutes left. Boom. No. <laughs> it just keeps going. It's like, end the match. And there's, like, interference, and FTR show up, and the Butcher and the Blade show up, and they just keep going. And it's like, why do... Why do, why do you do this with Kip Sabian every time? Why is it always Kip Sabian that they give so much time to? You could have done it in 12, and it would have been just, like... It would have been the exact you same. Could have done it in eight. You could have done it in 6, and it would have been the exact same. I think you should probably give it a little more time. But Heat, come back, couple near falls, go home. I gotta this admit, doesn't need to be this complicated with Kip Sabian and freaking Jimmy Havoc. I gotta admit, though, as a staunch supporter of the Superbad squad... Uh-huh. Now that they have a new Titantron and new music, I'm even more in, baby. I'm even more <laughs> in with the Super Bad Squad, baby. <laughs> Love me you some Jim Havoc. Love me some Kip Sab. And their eventual eight man tag at Fighter Fest. With whom? It's going to be them and the Butcher and the Blade versus the oh, Bucks right. and FTR. I thought that the post match as well was clumsy? It's, it was too busy. There was too much going on. It wasn't a clean segment. But I got to admit, I did like the whole, haha, we have the same move. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I like from the super uh, super kick cut off, and then the the kind of indie taker tombstone or and uh, spike pile driver. Mm. I like that bit, but like it, just get to that. It, the, the the way they got to that was messy, messy. And I think that that's the case with a lot of AEW like post matches and segments. They just feel a little messy. It feels like it's like we should we just should have thought about this another couple of drafts. Well, and also, just it. everything could have been a little more trimmed together, like. If you're going to do this post-match, you don't need to do all of the interference in the match. Like, you're just doubling up. And I know Jericho is like, always like, oh, we're pros, we never have to go out and, you know, work through stuff before we're live. There's times where it's perfectly fine to, like, block a post-match like this. So it's like, you're here, you're here, we do this then, and then, so you know what you're doing. So you don't, you, you iron out kinks. It's television, yeah. I do like the little, like, subtext, I suppose, of them both having a similar move when one of them's like, oh, we are the classic wrestlers and we don't do that dumb shit. And then it's like, oh, we have the same move, though, as the people that are the spot monkeys. Hey, the spot monkeys one is the tombstone where theirs is just a regular pile driver. Mm. Completely different. (laughs) What do you think of the name Goodnight Express, by the way? Uh, I don't get it. Well, I, I guess Express is is a uh, is it just literally a play on Midnight Express? Yes. It, with Goodnight being a different word. Yes, that's bad. Their music is awful. Have you a lot of the music? Yeah, but like no, 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 no. <laughs> FTR's music. Billy's theme is awful. No, no, no. no. Matt no. Hardy's theme is awful. No, no. there's so no. many bad themes. Okay, in this those show. are like blur. This is maybe the worst wrestling theme I've heard. Oh, that's that's a high statement. Please, everyone, go to YouTube. It's out there now, and it's fully clear version. Like, it's the official upload by the actual uh, artist. My God, this theme is so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. It's like your, your, your like, worst parody of a country theme. It's, oh. It's <laughs> so awful. You're so upset by this. Oh, because like they came from such a banger of a theme. Say yeah. The se- they do they night. do the say yeah, but they do it like yeah. Say yeah. <laughs> say <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Delivery wrong. Yeah. It's like, no, you can't just take the words. Uh, Matt Hardy. Taz, whatever we're up to. Taz, Taz and Brian Cage. Taz cuts a promo. I love Brian Cage's promos because he delivers them at like 100 miles an hour because he wants to get every word out of his mouth as fast as he can because he's real threatening and he, he's, he's Mr. Get a Shit in even in his promos because he wants to talk really fast and he wants to say really bad things about John Moxley. He's going to really hurt John Moxley and he's very excited and he's going to hurt him. It's very, it's, it's almost charming the way he rushes through his promos. It's very like 80s coked up. It's just like I want to get all of the. If he could say all of the words at once, he, he would. would do it. Yeah, because I think that's his. That's his intention. This was pretty uh, good. It was fun. Taz is promo. Yeah, we also had a, a Mox package being like he'll beat up Brian Cage. Mox is go. getting that's, a little. That's your Friday Fest match. Mox is getting a little edgy now. He's well. Brian Cage is a big mean man. He needs to get edgy. Ah, uh, he's got. He's got needs that edge to have the greatest wrestling match ever. You think you know me. Well, yeah, they can just pump in the crowd noise. It'll be fine. Hell yeah. Um, for Premier League football, they have an option for like fake crowd noise. If you've ever played FIFA, mm. it's basically that. Or regular, just like, just, you know, none of that. And I'm like, uh, none of that, please. Thank you very much. They should have just done like 2K20 crowd noise. 
I'm surprised WWE haven't. I'm, that's probably where they got. It's like they got in touch with 2K. It's like we need to send you. Uh, we need you to, you to send us your your sound crowd noise sound files, and we need to put them over this edge match because <laughs> it's a disaster. In the background, you just hear you're number one, player one. <laughs> put him in a body bag. Oh, uh, Matt Hardy joined commentary for our main event as best friends defeated Les X Gods to retain their number one contender. I gotta admit, a, I don't know. little graphical note, I really like Matt Hardy's graphics on the versus graphics, where it's him, but then it has all the different variations blurred out behind him. Yeah, that's a, and for, that's for social, they made individual versions, because it's the Sammy Guevara will get to face, he gets to choose he's picking who he's version going to one. face, which version he's of Matt Hardy. Version one. It's the only one that hasn't had a match yet. Uh, this I thought this match was fine. It, it was okay. Probably veering on disappointment, given the people in the ring. Yeah, maybe a little. In very much in the same ethos of Colt and Jericho being the ring, ring really cool to me. Like having Chuck and Jericho wrestle. Like, imagine what's going through his head right now. Like, what the fuck? Even Trent and Jericho, I'm like, ooh. Yeah, but they were both WWE guys. You know what I mean? Like, you would have wanted the dude burst, dude busters against Jericho match hell, back in like 2010. Yes, but like, it's just like oh, Chuck Taylor's wrestling Chris Jericho. That's crazy. And Chuck Taylor won hmm? by beating his partner, but still. Setting up that big singles match for All Out. Uh, Orange Cassidy was a cameraman at ringside. He tripped Sammy, which led to the finish. I'm not a, like, sell the Orange Cassidy attack for more than a week. You know, he should have missed a week yeah. after being beaten down by the inner circle. Couldn't you have just done this next week? He could have done this next week, and then it's the big go home into Fighter Fest. So, mm. I don't know. I would have. I thought it was a good angle, but I would like to see the angle after uh, at least a week more after he got the hell beaten out of by, by the entire inner circle by a giant bag of oranges. Yeah, but uh, I think we're done with this show. <laughs> you say that as if like, oh, thank God. No, but it's, it's meant, over. Like, I think it went a lot. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You get a display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, you know, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, 
and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I think uh, running through it now made me like it a lot more. Because I like, there's really only one 20-minute segment that I didn't like. I don't know. I thought it was fine. But uh, fine, we didn't go through special. the matches that they announced for next week. Uh, what did they announce for next week? Well, next week, Garrett, I'll take your job. Sure. Uh, sure. Next week we'll have Cole Cabana and Brody Lee taking on Sunny Kiss and Joey Janela. Which you you pointed out in Twitter DMs, they didn't do part two of that. I'm guessing they'll do it next week. Okay. Uh, we will also have Wardlow taking on Luchasaurus in a lumberjack match. Yes, and the Natural Nightmares will take on FTR. Oh yeah, <laughs> that'll be a good match though. Guti's gonna die on a Good Night Express. I'm, I'm happy someone other than the butcher is going to take it because none of those butcher ones have looked particularly good. <laughs> why do they good. keep doing it to the? Why can't the blade take it? <laughs> That's a question I've been asking every week. I don't understand it. So, Garrett, your nightmare has come true. Uh, um, Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy in front of no fans. I know. I'm so upset. It's like ah, of all the ma- like this. Uh, that, that, I thought the, the the angle that closed this show was so good. But ask yourself the question again: If there was a crowd, how great mm, would this have been? Perhaps. <laughs> They're hoping to have some fans in, in, and it'll be in week two of Fighter Fest. Uh, I'd imagine they're taping both at once, though, aren't mm. they? That sucks. <laughs> I don't know that for sure, but I, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't. So, is Cody going to defend the belt on both Fighter Fest episodes and next week? Uh, well, currently they didn't announce one for next week, but yeah, he has Hager, he has Hager for Fighter Fest. I was going to say his whole thing was every week, so. Maybe they'll give him a, a, a special exclusion because Fighter Fest is technically two parts of one show instead of Listen, two shows. Listen, Cody, if you say you're going to be the work rate champ, be the goddamn work rate <laughs> champ and defend it on both shows. Wow, calling out Cody, calling out the ace of AEW Dynamite. I don't think he is anymore. Nah, crowds have ruined him. I think I'm giving, him, I'm thinking I'm giving it to Mox now. It's probably just Kenny Omega. <laughs> See, I feel like Kenny's lost a bit of the aura. I think Mox still retains that. Well, he's champion. Well, yeah, Getting that's what I'm saying. By the booking. But Kenny is also a champion. He's tag champ, though. He's only half of his champion. So, now that we've gone through how many months of AEW since it started? Uh, 37 episodes, I think. Which belt do you think has the best catalog? It's the tag belts. <laughs> it's not even close. <laughs> do you think... Because, like, the safest bet in wrestling is the NXT tag division, right? Like... Uh, Bang your yes. four star matches every takeover. Do you think if you compared the history of the NXT tag titles to the AEW tag titles in the same time span that the AEW tag titles will now have surpassed the NXT tag title belts in in ring quality? 
Well, the, the the Revolution tag match is better than, I think, any recent NXT tag match. I think you'd have to go back to the Revival and American Alphas and DIY stuff to get something comparable. Mm. What was the tag match at Full Gear? I don't even remember. Full Gear was Bucks. No, they took on LAX. It was still SEU as champs, wasn't it? It was SEU Lucha Brothers versus Private Party in like a three-way tag. Was that it? I think. Yeah, it was. The, ah. I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't remember that tag. So I think your answer is no. They probably haven't overtaken. And even like the all-out tag title match. But the, I'd was, say uh, they've done no. A lot there of, wasn't even one. They've done a lot yeah. of TV title matches that have been really good. Yes, but if you're comparing takeovers to pay-per-views, um, I'm saying in the same time span win. though, from AEW's inception to now. Uh, but there's only been two pay-per-view tag title matches in that time. Yeah, not, yeah but I'm I'm including the TV title defenses. Oh, including the TV title. Well, the, the SCU rating wasn't particularly good, though, so maybe not. But every Kenny Omega one has been good. That's true. But speaking of NXT tag team titles, the NXT opened This wasn't as good as Imperium the other one. <laughs> defeating Breezango to retain the NXT tag team championships. And yeah, I thought this was a good match, but it's, it's nothing nothing special, nothing great, nothing go out of the way to see, but and a bad finish. You know what, the, you know what was funny about this? They awesome. basically did the Young Bucks, Super Bad, Butcher and the Blade, FTR stuff in this tag title match. In fact, I'll give it to NXT. I think they, I think they did it cleaner than AEW did. Even uh, if I'm yes. less interested in the respective teams, for sure. But I just thought it was a funny note. They we're all doing four way tag feuds. You know what's fun? One more fun fact about what's my fun? watching of this show. What, well, zero fun that you went through it at 1.5 speed? No, I watched it at all at one speed because my internet couldn't handle Whoa. it at 1.5. I watched the second half of it before the first half. Why did you do that? I misclinked to the legitimate TV stream. Ah, uh, that happens <laughs> to break it into two parts, yes. We all know them. <laughs> and I watched the second one first and I was like, man, why, why is Damien Priest in his gear? <laughs> he just showed up and went to his car. Did he have no match? <laughs> did you like? Did you not notice there was no like opening thing? Well, you see, no the second the second part no... of my legitimate TV stream started with Adam Cole going to the ring. <laughs> so I was like, oh, it's ah. a classic go to the ring, everyone comes out segment. That is a very opening WWE television show segment, to be fair. So that's why I was like, all right, cause this is the opening. <laughs> it was it was very confusing for me when it was like, all right, the main event's up next. I'm like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> So this show just made no sense to you then. In, if the second half, the first half, second half, ah, didn't. Um, God, did you manage to catch the Mauro quote from the first match? Uh, I, I, the only Mauro quote I, I took note of in the show is when Shotzi was making her entry and she was like, Can Knox and Chonky is to Shots and, uh, Shots and Donkey. Knox and Shotzi want to be tanking care of business tonight. <clears throat> but other than that. That's the only one I got this week. In the first, um, this is my recollection of it, so it may be slightly butchered, but it was something along the lines of, much like a TikTok video, the, 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 Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher's reign had a lot of cool moves, but was over quick. All right, much much like <laughs> a tic, much like a TikTok dance video. And I was like, oh. Can't take you anywhere, can we, Myro? He sucks, man. It was a good opener. I like the Imperium entrance. I like the Emporium entrance. That's what I said. You said Imperium. I said I said Imperium, but it was Emporium. You're right. 
I, I did pronounce it with an E, but I didn't pronounce it with an O. That a banger theme, I gotta admit. They should give yeah, they should give that theme to Imperium. Well, I, I don't know if this actually was it, but I'm pretty sure like Timothy Thatcher had a funky version of that theme too when he had Stokely mm. as his manager, and it might be the same one. I'd like, in fairness, the fake version of Imperium's theme is better than most AEW themes. Mm. Themes suck nowadays. <laughs> That's what I learned watching NXT. Well, the, like, the problem is they're using freaking production tracks instead of actually making music for these people, and it just doesn't fit anymore. So instead of looking at, like, this is who this character is, we're going to make a really good piece of music, uh, they just pick a production track. And, like, AEW's music is all original, originally composed, so that doesn't help. Uh, <laughs> there's no helping them. Say, but yeah. The, yeah, the NXT thing, it's all production music now. It sucks. It's really bad. Wrestling Andrew Rich wrote a really good thing about the state of wrestling music a couple of months ago on Voices of Wrestling. Go seek that out. Mr. Music himself. Yes. <laughs> That's good. I had nothing. I don't care. Killian Dane. Oh, Killian yeah. Dane is back. The return of our this? favorite NXT feud ever. Uh, not only did they bring Killian Dane back, and I'm like, oh, it's Killian Dane, but he is back to wrestle Damian Priest, mm. and I'm like, why do you do this to me? Why do you inflict everything I dislike on me on this show? And like immediately after this, they did freaking Jia Lee against Aaliyah again, and you're like, do you have no new ideas? Are we just gonna do the same thing over and over again until the end of time? And Killian Dane returned for his big comeback, so he could lose the Damien Priest. I'm like, what are we doing? Why do we care? Everything's bad. I hate everything. Damien Priest has nice gear, as previously mentioned, mm. and I like that it shows off his thighs. It's very cute. Yeah, his little, it's little, very cute. His little, his little fishnets. Mm. Damien Priest is cool. I'm all in on this Damien Priest push now. <laughs> You're a big fan of babyface Damien yeah, Priest. Yeah, I'm in. I'm into it. He should be the one to beat Adam Cole. <sighs> Adam Cole, huh? Well, we'll get to Adam Cole later. That's in the a show. weird scenario that they've built for themselves. I don't know if I like it. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Robert Stone, <laughs> drunk. God forbid. Hey, yeah, format, narrow, straight lines. Everything needs to be right. Robert Stone is drunk, and he was uh, Killian Day bashed on the plexiglass and scared him. And then when when Aliyah is it it's Aliyah isn't it? Yeah, that was later though. <laughs> I, I, uh, but that was the next match. But when Aliyah was making her entrance, Robert Stone was sitting there, mm. and uh, Beth was She's like, like, "How long has he been there?" there? He, you laughed at him four minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, literally the last segment. You were like, "Oh, look at him!" <laughs> I like how they've dropped all pretense about him being drunk, and that it's like showing him with a bottle now. <laughs> yeah. Because like, they were kind of doing or, like it, it tongue-in-cheek before, where he would just show up looking disheveled. Now he's full-on alcoholic, vomiting in the ring. Mm, but before we get to that, there was a really cool vignette for the new Lucha Boys. Oh, yeah, the, the, they're mad, and they don't like masks, basically. Hmm. I just thought it was cool. I just, I, I it's, a very w, the... it's a very WWE character that they're like, well, we, we don't like wearing masks. Sick of luchadors wow. wearing masks. I hate this alt-right luchador stable. Come on, that was a that was a grower. That's particularly fitting given uh, the scandals around WWE and masks at their tapings in the last couple of days. But <laughs> tug on collar. But yeah, then they 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 will return later in the show. There was a good note about the Robert Stone thing in the, the ProWrestling.net site. I'm giving them credit for it, but uh-huh. I thought it was a fun note that you would appreciate. That they're doing the drunken, crazy Laura Van Ness storyline with Robert Stone. After he was dumped by Chelsea Green. Yeah. Which, by the way, 
she has been completely absent since she, she dumped him. So she's got a roar apparently. Oh well. Well, she was when Hyman was there. So who knows what could be happening now? Much like Djokovic. Yeah, Alia. Which did we decide on? Alia. Because I think I I said it wrong one week. I usually say it right, but then I said it wrong, and then you corrected me, and then I'm in my head about it. Uh, Aaliyah defeated Jai Lee after uh, Robert Stone threw up in the ring and distracted Jai Lee. <laughs> Why did Lee kick out? <laughs> she was distracted by the vomit. Yeah, but why did she kick out? <laughs> oh, and then she pinned her again. Yeah, it's, like, it was that was strange. just a very awkward finish. I was like, come on. Fucking Aaliyah never gets to win. <laughs> Let her mm. win. And then she did win. I really actually like their, um, much like how I'm just hoping that the Natural Nightmares have a wholesome conclusion, I hope Aaliyah and Robert Stone have a wholesome conclusion too. And uh, Robert Stone just, uh, she wins all her matches via Robert Stone's vomit. I'm, I'm rooting for them. Oh dear. But like, what a nice, like, gal she is. She's like, oh, this guy's on hard times. I said no to him. Oh, come on. You can manage me. <laughs> she props him up on the ring apron. Yeah, I just thought, I was like, ah, oh, what? See, this is a babyface act to me now. In fairness, he helped her win. Hmm. And then, like, you know what really annoyed me? Like, after he helped her win, I think it was to, Tom Phillips was like, but why would she want him there? <laughs> like, he helped her win. And she never wins. She was about to lose. Hmm. Tim Thatcher is beating people up. Put him in Imperium. Why is he not in Imperium? That's true. Especially with Walter absent for the moment. Like, you know how much good... cool this segment would have been if he was in there and then Eichner and Bartel both showed up behind him and also started stretching out the recruits? Mm. Like, because they would add an like the aura that he needs. He's a little jokey. And he I, is a little jokey. He's too jokey here for my taste. And I think yes. having uh, Bartel and Eichner with him would instantly kind of like straighten yourself up. Be a little more I think, serious. I think the idea here is he's meant to come off like mean and serious and beating up these guys, and he comes off a little goofy and jokey for me. And I think you're right that if 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 they had Imperium there looking all mean and serious, it would reinforce the fact that he's mean and serious. Well, also like because um, at the end of it, he did the old like he basically said the matter sacred. <laughs> like I was like, you're doing the same gimmick, just put them together. Yeah, I like that. Undisputed Era trying to. Give 2007 DX. It really is. It's straight out of 2007 DX. That's what it is. They are DX. <laughs> Including doctor and therapy skits. It's like, oh. I don't want to talk about any of this except for Kyle O'Reilly's awful beard. Oh, it's so bad. It's even like, it's, it's as someone who shaved his beard this week, I can now give out about people's terrible <laughs> beards. It's uh, better than your beard Because I finally was. gave up on mine. My beard was a monstrosity, but I've gotten rid of it, so I can now give out about other people's beards. Jokes on you all, I can't grow a beard. <laughs> the monstrosity of my beard makes me the authority on bad beards. Mm. God, my beard was terrible. But yeah, oh God, it's it's uneven. It's growing down the neck in weird ways. God, it's a bad beard. Kyle, shave your beard. And um, I like that. The only good thing about this segment for me was that Bobby Fish clearly didn't want to do it. Because <laughs> he was kind of sandbagging everything. Yeah, and Adam Cole's delivery is not great for a guy who's probably quite funny. His comic delivery, mm. not not great. He's not Shawn. Like in fairness, you say 2007 DX. I think Triple H and Shawn Michaels have better comic delivery than Undisputed Era do. Mm. Well, I also think you know what it is. Undisputed Era's backstage segments have become being the elite, mm. being the era. So you've moved on from 2007 DX to BTE. Well, which is basically the same thing anyway. So, uh, and uh, we all know. 
being the elite is one of the most dreadfully not funny shows not to man. I, I see I, I watch it but like I couldn't imagine sitting there going <laughs> Woo! he can't find his tail I, I, I just I couldn't imagine actually sitting there and like laughing at BTU I, I watch it but I watch it because they give teasers to storylines and stuff you get the odd chuckle from a decent line delivery yeah, which is normally them like taking a shot so and the Mookie stuff Adam Cole was being interviewed before Keith Lee walked up TikTok. Hourglass. NXT. So, is Cross going to go after Lee for breaking his his nice TikToker? Uh, yeah, because the countdown is all thrown off now. Hmm. Do you still think Cole's leaving? Well, they seem to be setting him up losing the title in multiple different ways, so maybe? Hmm. He'd be a cool open challenge guy. It's weird, because they seem to be immediately pivoting to Adam Cole against Killer Cross. But then, they've set up this thing where well, somebody is going to be dual champion. Which is so, like, weird, first of all. Yeah, which is weird. So maybe it's a case that Adam Cole loses the... If he's staying, he loses the NXT title and keeps the North American title. Or they have Killer Cross beat Keith Lee for one of them or I don't know it's weird it's weird that they've set up this this weird scenario where someone's going to become double champion while also having Cross there waiting in the wings unless they really want to put Cole over strong before having him like job to Cross like Cole becomes champ champ and then loses in like two minutes to Cross yeah and then Cross wins both belts yeah which, by the way, not as good of an aesthetic as the two IWGP titles. Like That, that rules. The white belt and the black belt. This is going to be mm. a, a maroon belt. That's not, that's not as good. Yeah, Cole came out. He called Killer Cross Killian Cross. He mixed up the Killer and Carrion into Killian Cross, also, which is now his name. Also Killian Dane. Before we had our parade of interruptions from... I love this segment. It's my shit. Liam loves his... Uh, all the marks in the ring! Ah. <clears throat> All the fucking marks in the ring. Well, guess what? Now I'm here and they can go back to being marks for me. I turned it to Galloway. You cannot do it without veering into a Scottish accent. It's upsetting. I don't know. I need to work on it. I've been doing a lot of Conor McGregor lately because I bought his whiskey. So I've just been going, fucking... What's it fucking called again? I've got proper fucking 12. Why did you buy his whiskey? Um, It was there. Is it good whiskey? It's pretty good whiskey. I gotta admit, it's pretty good whiskey. Alright. Uh, Regal showed up, announced that there will be a triple threat for the North American Championship, which he said next week, I believe, didn't he? Yep. I thought no. Which is Gargano. Uh, oh, I guess. Okay. I thought they were going to counteract Fighter Fest with both of these matches. No, the, the, the second night of Fighter Fest is against the, the, the champion versus champion match, but I think the well, the North American title match is next week. But that wouldn't. That, no, the first night of Fighter Fest would be against it then. I thought I thought Fighter Fest was July one and July eight. Well, Fighter Fest is two weeks away, right? Yeah. So July one and eight. And the, isn't yeah, it? and it's not eight and fifteen. Well, yeah. If it's the next two, it's if it's yeah. If it's a break, there's because next week is the go home to Fighter Fest, and then there's the two Fighter Fests, and next week is the triple threat, and then the week after that is the champion champion. That means first night of Fighter Fest against champion. No, the champion. Ch- champion champion is July eight. They said it was the week after. No, they, th- they definitely said it was July 8. I thought they said it was the week after. I thought they said the triple threat and then the week, and then next week after that was champ champ. No, I, I'm, I'm 90% sure that Regal specifically ASMR. said and then on July 8th it'll be champion versus champion. I don't know. So the, they'll probably do a one week build to that match or something. I don't know. Champ champ. 
Uh, but no yes, it's Gargano no against the semantics Lee of the title against... matches. <laughs> Listen, we're 56 minutes in and we're on NXT. No one cares about anything at this stage. <laughs> to be fair, this has, been, this has flown by this episode. Uh, NXT hasn't dragged for you? Hmm. Or what, reviewing NXT? <laughs> I actually thought NXT was pretty fun this week. Maybe that's the key. Uh, but yeah, but it's not a terrible wrestling show. Ideal. <laughs> What's next, Gar- I've been trying to say. I've been trying to say. Gargano. Lee. Balor. For the title, yeah, North American Championship, winner faces cold, title versus title. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to get out of it for like two minutes before you've interrupted me, but still. The fucking Marks. Dakota Kai beat Caden uh, Carter. It was a match. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> There's nothing else to say. Carter kick. Scarlet's counting down. Then they, I didn't think this was a cool little vignette with them stepping on the broken glass. Mm. How do you think they broke the glass? They stepped on it. He had big shoes. Bronze, uh, uh, freaking Beth. Before Bronson Reed was coming out, she was like, and now a big return. Oh no, we had the Mercedes Martinez uh, vignette first, where she's coming back, I guess. I adore her. your pronunciation of Martinez. Martinez? <laughs> well, Martinez and Martinez are both acceptable pronunciations. I assume if, she, if she's Martinez, I don't know. I'm just stupid. I've never heard the word Martinez. Really? I have only heard Martinez. All right. I just think I just think every time you say it, I go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will butcher names until the end of time. It's my gimmick. Mm. Now Bronson Reed. Yeah, uh, Bronson Reed. Yeah, he was squashed by Killer Cross, and they showed it three weeks ago. And like Beth was like, and now for a big return to NXT, and I'm like, ooh, who is this? And Bronson Reed made his entrance. It's like, all right, who's Bronson Reed facing? <laughs> Leon, Leon Ruff comes out. <laughs> I was like, wait, is it Bronson Reed that is the person returning here? What are you talking about, Beth? It's, you know what she was talking about? The big return of the one-week NXT build. Ah, yes, Bronson Reed just destroyed Leon Ruff to set up being killed by Killer Cross again next week, I guess. Which is funny, it's like, the two people who this happens to most is just Reed and Grimes. Yeah. Well, that's Killian Dane's problem as well, though, isn't it? Yeah, but he, they did give him, like, an extended push. Like, these two have, like almost exclusively only had like two week pushes yeah i'd imagine he'll have a more competitive match across next week i would hope if he squashed again it's like oh the poor guy i don't think they didn't have a match did they i thought cross killed him after a match did they yeah i thought, I, I thought that was i think grimes was... beat him or something and then afterwards who he came f- out and he dropped him with the i thought that was who who did uh, who did cross squash then he's been killing all of the the evolve lads Oh, yeah, he squashed Leon Ruff. Yeah, there we go. Mm. So, I think they'll have a pretty cool match. It'll go, like, three minutes, and they'll just hit each other with, like, bombs. Mm. Which is, like, really all I want from Karrion Cross. Santos Escobar and his friends, Joaquin Wilder and Mario Mendoza, came out, and they were like, oh, we hate masks. And Spud was like, oh, I'll fight you. Then he fought him and got cradle shock to her I'm a big fan, but, like, he's just like, I'm a fucking idiot. Rah! <laughs> He's, he has more balls than brains, which is admirable. You go, rock stars. You know what else is admirable? I'm going to skip right past this. All right. Tom Phillips <laughs> going straight from Owen Hart voice to Sonic Milkshakes. <laughs> and the fact that Mauro cut him off before he even finished the plug. Mauro cut, Mauro cut like, everyone off on this show. Like, there was like three times, <laughs> like, like three notable times where he stopped and then like, normally he'll be like, oh. And then he'll go, but he just like, uh, oh, and gave up. 
and like even at the end of the show they like pivoted to Tom Phillips breaking down what's happening next week and Maro cut him off when he tried to start doing that as well it's like god damn it Maro let your freaking commentary people speak um I believe they named the stable here but I don't remember what it was it had some it had phantasma in it it's like something I think it was like whatever the Spanish word for leader is yeah leader of the phantoms I guess Leaders, phantom leaders, something like that. Spanish isn't my first language. By the way, Jake Atlas helped Drake Maverick, like in the, you know, after the breaks thing. But like, he could have come out and help him while he was being beaten up. But to be fair, Drake Maverick and Jake Atlas versus Raul and fucking Zima Ion, that's gonna be a banger of a match. Yes, I want, I want the these three against Undisputed Era. Give me that match. That's um what you do on Cole on his way out. Have him jump to old Santos. Even if you don't put Santa, even if Cole's not there, just Kyle, Bobby, and Strong. Kyle can't wrestle, bro. Well, he was in a segment on the show. Yeah, they trust him in segments. Come on, no one's been infected yet. Uh, main event: Sasha and Bailey retain the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships against Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox in a pretty good match. Yeah. Um, I don't really have a lot to say about the match. It was fun to see no. ba- Banks and Bailey back. Their tag theme is awful. Oh, the freaking Sasha Banks theme song is the worst. Just, it goes from... I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just like, she had one of the best theme songs in wrestling, and they ruined it. And I'm like, what are you doing? I don't even mind the Snoop Dogg remix. I just, this, what is this mixture with Bailey's like generic music? But even Sasha's music is like such a weird, it's like, do, 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 Snoop Dogg, here, here, Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg. It's like, no, they're two completely mm. different pieces of music. What are you doing? If you're going to have Snoop Dogg do it, just make him make music. You can afford it. If Snoop Dogg will appear on a Little Dicky album, he will make a fucking theme for WWE. Like, don't have the Sasha, but like the do, 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 which is the great theme song. One of, again, one of the best theme songs of the last decade. Mm. And then you just cut it off for the Snoop Dogg bit. It makes no sense. And then you have the dumbass Bailey theme, which is terrible. Yeah. And it's just like, what are we doing here? What is and Bailey's Bailey also, hair, by the way? One of the best theme songs. Uh, she's uh, she's embraced her inner Karen. It's fine. Ugh. But uh, uh, the freaking Bailey's theme song was amazing as well. Now we have mm. a bad theme song. Why are we giving good people theme songs, bad people theme songs? It's upsetting. So basically this match was kind of just whatever. But I was really surprised by the post-match segment. And EO versus either of these people could be really, really good. So you're looking forward to EO Shirai and Rhea Ripley with, oh, with their loose no. alliance on shaky no, ground. No, I don't want that. I've ruined it for you. Just I've give ruined me it for you. EO versus Sasha. I've already ruined it for no. you. Job done. No. Rhea Ripley walks up to EO backstage. It's like, EO, you can't take these two on alone. You need to fight for the honor of NXT. And I am part of the heart and soul of NXT. And we will fight together. You know all of this is happening. So much worse. <laughs> you know what's my first thought was while watching it? What? Oh man, we Charlotte didn't put anyone over. Send the other ones who will put people over. And then they beat Shotzi and Tegan. Yeah, but they're yeah, gonna sure. put over EO and Rhea. Yeah, well, probably not. Like EO, EO and Rhea will implode, and then Sasha and Bailey will beat them too and go back to SmackDown. Just give me EO, Sasha. Just give me EO, Sasha. 
Please. And it will end in a DQ when Bailey interferes and then Rhea makes the save. <laughs> this is... And she'll do the thing where she comes out and does her stomp and then goes and makes the save. <laughs> You were so enthusiastic about EO against these people, and I've completely ruined it in a way that they're going to completely ruin it. Had a dream, uh, had a match. I, I did like um, Sasha and Bailey, like their trash talk to EO, though, where one of them was like, We made this place, and the other one's like, We got you your job. Which I totally believe that they were like the ones like, Hey guys, you should sign this person. You're looking for Joshi. Io Shirai is quite good. I've heard good things. What is your match of the week, Liam Jones? I wonder what one it is. It's the one match I put on my spreadsheet. <laughs> uh, I probably agree. I think that match is the, probably the best match of the week. Again, I didn't, I didn't like it as much as you, but I thought it was the best match of the week. I've been so becoming like a sneaky, really big fan of QT Marshall. <laughs> he's like, he's just so charming. It's like a 2K20 offense where he just has all these random moves, but like. He puts them in a way that they actually work, and it's fun to watch. Like, he does the diamond cutter, and he's doing variants. Yes, he does. He does, like, the reverse DDT version into a diamond cutter. It's very nice. I would... Of course, like, all those, like, there's a, there was a thread. I, like, I can't remember who was doing it was, the thread um, of diamond Simon. cutters. Oh, it was Simon doing the thread of diamond cutters. It's like, oh, look at all these diamond cutters. What a great move. Mm. Um, I'm just... If we do get a Dustin Kenny match, then give me a QT Hangman match on the same card. Hangman. Yeah, yeah, Kenny and QT. Yeah, give him full 20 oh, minutes. He goes for the one wing angel, brings him down. QT diamond cutter on the way down. Fucking yeah. big pit. One, two, kick out. I'm in the shower because I watched this match in the shower. Gone, whoa! <laughs> Why do you watch this match in the shower? I, I've, I woke up and I had to fit dynamite in somewhere. All right, I'll allow it. I was freaking out too. It was great. Uh, show of the week. No, don't. No. Oh, actually. <laughs> Liam has to think about it. Here you go. I'll think about it. Honestly? I think I prefer NXT. <laughs> they were both really easy watches for a change. I'm going to vote for NXT. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know what? I'll vote for AEW. <laughs> and we'll see who wins. Oh. You've sent it to the Twitter poll, which, by the way, before we started this podcast, I didn't retweet the Twitter poll, so I retweeted it, and then Voices of Wrestling retweeted it. Oh, no. And it was like... <laughs> we gotta it was just, like... we got to tell them to just stop retweeting it just so NXT has a chance. Listen, we'll take the numbers. But it was like 65-35 before I retweeted it, and now, by the end of the show, it's 82-18. So, sorry, NXT. AEW wins again. We need to... Ask Twitter to do a feature where we can control who retweets, so we can just ah. have our audience retweet the poll, so that way we can get a more accurate representation than all those VOW marks in the ring. The, the, the co-opted people and their Tony Khan money yeah. voting in the poll to give Tony Khan the win. They've got no Tony Khan money. Yeah. Yet. If you would like more elite coverage in your podcasting feed, you can listen to everything elite. If you would like more. WWE television show coverage in your podcasting feed you can listen to Shake Them Ropes you can follow the podcast on Twitter at WarGamesPod you can follow me on Twitter at GarkKid and you wait, can't follow Liam on wait, Twitter because uh, he's a car oh can you no, can no, you, you, can, oh, you, you can, can follow Liam no, on Twitter you can't you can't, you can't. don't get the hopes up oh. um, we should have done a quick Raw review so then we can put it well, in the I title last hour yeah just do a quick Raw review Garrett. I'm not putting Raw in the title yeah it will get extra viewers alright 
Let me get the raw results. You quick, you talk to the people. All right. Um, I watched the last hour because I like I knew the Christian thing would be an angle, but I like Christian, so I had to watch, and it was an angle, and I don't care, but it's still. I can't find the raw results. So, Monday night raw. <laughs> Raw it's quite telling that you can't remember what happened on Raw off the top of your head. Yeah, but I want to do it... I'm giving it the same credibility that we gave it. That we give NXT and AEW every week, okay? We don't have that kind of time. Yeah, we do. Alright, so we start the show off. First match, uh, Kevin Owens versus Angel Garza. I wasn't watching at that point. Uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't even know Kevin Owens was back, by the way. Uh, he's left now, apparently. Now he's sitting it out. Garrett, the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits faced ninjas, apparently. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch that bit. That backlash segment was so bad, by the way. It was the worst. <laughs> I haven't seen it. It's terrible. I guess I'll talk about the two matches that I actually did watch and remember. Apollo Crews versus Sheldon Benjamin happened, Garrett? Ain't no stopping him now. And, was there stopping him? Uh, he was stopped, but Apollo had to cheat. Oh. He had to cheat to win. It's really upsetting that they brought like Drew back and changed his theme. And they brought Shelton back and they changed his yeah, theme. Why? They brought Lashley back and they changed his theme. It's like, why are you changing good themes to bad themes? What are you doing? You know what I was really sad about? What? It was a McIntyre R-Truth versus MVP Bobby Lashley match. For the WWE title. Oh, you lied to me, yes. And I was... God damn, I was hoping that MVP would pin R-Truth. To win I thought you were hoping or truth would no, pin MVP. That, that was when you put it in my head. But before that, I was like, MVP's going to win the WWE title here, baby. Like when MVP was meant to main event anniversary in 20, uh, 2014 and got hurt, then Lashley ended up main eventing, losing, and then winning the title the next night or in that next impact. And then I don't remember anything else on the show. The main event was a big pile of poo. Which is officially Christian's last match now. There was a bell. That match went 30 seconds. You kicked him in the head. Well, it's better than whatever the random Raw match he had before was. It probably isn't better than whatever the random Raw match he had. <laughs> hey, man. That was like him against Del Rio, against Dolph, against a hey, big show. He put over like a young talent on the way out. Yes. Yeah, so oh, good Randy needed the push. I think Randy should beat Drew for the title. This is now a Raw discussion. I don't think Randy should beat Drew See, for the title. I haven't watched Raw in 12 months. <laughs> But yeah. I, you know, I think I think Randy should win the title. No. All right, cool. That was our raw discussion. Thanks for listening, and bye bye. Bruce Pritchard, baby. Woo.